We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon, Unscriptonites. Welcome to another episode of Unscripted, the film show. Starting a few minutes later than scheduled, we do apologise. I'm Cecilia, joined in the studio by Lewis, who are looking pretty darn cool over there with your sunnies on. I I forgot to bring, like, because usually... like a Thursday, I wouldn't go to my mum and dad's for dinner. Mm. Uh, and But this week, because of Anzac Day and last night we had a movie, it was just like uh, more difficult to get to them earlier in the week and so we're having dinner with them tonight. <laughs> and on a Thursday, uh, you know, Kat would usually go and uh, dad would pick her up and it, it would all be good, but Kat was getting a haircut so I had to shift things around. <laughs> I had to rush home and feed the dogs and grab the dogs and take them to mum and dad's and drop them off uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, and then, like, you know, come into the studio. So it was, uh, yeah, very rush, rush, rush. And I, I remember to bring my headphones, which I don't actually use, haven't used for a long time, but I bring them anyway. Uh, <laughs> you never like, know. You might just need them yeah, for something. You're like a safety blanket. Uh, I brought the iPad in case I need to look anything up. Uh, forgot the glasses. So uh, I'm wearing my prescription sunglasses uh, in the uh, in the studio, uh, looking uh, looking very Jack Nicholson. Uh, you are looking always, very Jack Nicholson, always yeah. Always wears his sunglasses mm. in, in inside um but yeah it's been a weird week that uh, that whole like you know go to work for a day have a day off and yeah it is a bit weird it kind of throws you off a little bit it's nice to have a day off but uh the memory um the memory the weather wasn't yeah. very good i don't know why i said memory then but the weather uh wasn't overly pleasant we had the, a bit of rain the only thing cat and i did on that day was we got out of bed watched some telly then went to the gym came back Watch more telly. <laughs> At least you made it to the gym. I think that's probably more than a lot of people. So uh, good for you. Good I for did, you. Keeping fit. I did the uh, legs day on. Legs day. Uh, it was legs. Day. It was legs day on uh, on uh, Anzac Day. Nice. I, uh, my diggers got them uh, got them all like pumped up. Uh, it was yeah. It was one of these things where you know that that lungy squatty thing where you you like walk and then you like squat mm. down like you're doing. It's like a, a silly walk kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was doing that and I was like going silly walk and then I'd walk back and they've got this sled thing mm-hmm. that you stack up with uh, weights and you push it and I put like 100 kilos on there mm. and I pushed that back and forth. Oh right, mister. I don't no, mean to... Bre- no, just no, kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just put 100 <laughs> kilos down. There was a dude there that was on the weekend <laughs> and he had 300 kilos on no 300 way. kilos on this thing. Pushing it back and forth and I was like... How? Because he, he wasn't. It didn't look like he was much bigger than me. It was. If, if it was like a massive guy, mm. then you'd go, okay, that's that's fairly probable. But the fact that this guy was like maybe a little bit bigger than me, but not that much, and he was pushing three hundred kilos. Wow, that's insane. I was like, that's just ludicrous. That's insane. That's like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> gyms. Oh, I love it. I mean, I wish I could say the same, but I can't, unfortunately. But uh, speaking of uh, strength, mm-hmm. we're going to be reviewing a film tonight called Polite Society, which is about a young girl who I would say has a lot of strength uh, physically and mentally. She does. Um, that sounds so cheesy the way that I just said that. But that is a film we're reviewing tonight. Um, I haven't actually seen anything other than that this week. I saw A Good Person. Yes. Uh, and I also saw uh, on the Apple TV Plus um, Ghosted. Um, which is a, a film with uh, Chris Evans in it. Um, oh, yes. 
And uh, so I can review that one as well. So I did start watching uh, Dead Ringers, which is a new TV show starring... Uh, it's a six-part series. Um, it's a reimagining of David Cronenberg's uh, 1988 mm. movie, which I don't know. Have you ever seen Dead Ringers with Jeremy Irons? I don't it? think I have, no. Yeah, he's a guy who plays uh, twins in the film and it's, uh, itself is a fictionalised telling of a real-life case of drug-addicted New York. York uh, gynecologists, uh, Stuart and Cyril Marcus. Mm. But in this particular reimagining, um, Rachel Vice steps into the role and plays twins. So I can talk about that as well as, as something um, that I've been watching. Haven't finished yet. It, uh, it, it's one of those bizarre series that I'm really interested in, but there's some real uh, thinkers in there. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. It's, there, it's one of those ones that you can't just go home and throw on and watch. You have to be in the right mindset, I think, because it's a thinker. So it's just taken me a while to get there based on, on some of the stuff that goes on in this one. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll delve more into that. But it, we do have a few things to talk about then, which is um, fantastic. Oh, we do. Not we completely do. Um, not completely boring, <laughs> which is good. Um yeah. <laughs> no, we're not devoid of things. So I, I, Dice mentioned I also saw a good person on you the weekend. did, yes. Um, and that was the screening where they had like a virtual Q&A with Zach Braff mm-hmm. afterwards. So uh, I can I can talk on, on that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, with the, uh, the, the, the streaming stuff, uh, we were watching um, – there was that uh, film uh, – a TV show uh, with – um, Billy Crudup uh, in it, um, and it's a, a is it called Tomorrow Tomorrowland or? Um, uh, I have no idea to be honest. Um, I am not one for the, the the streaming services, as most people know. I tend to watch the movies that come out in cinemas, and then uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty pressed for staying awake. When it comes to watching TV, I've got... Uh, I thought I had book narcolepsy, mm. but I think I also have TV narcolepsy. Yeah. Anytime I've just got to sit down and focus on something, I'm out like a... Out like a what's the saying? Out like a light? Out like a out light. Out like a light. Yep. Uh, well, I'm, I get like that as well. Usually after like you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the TV show on Apple TV Plus is called Hello Tomorrow. Hello Tomorrow. And it's a, a retro futuristic world where charismatic salesman Jack Billings leads a team of fellow sales associates determined to revitalise their customers' lives by hawking timeshares on the moon. I'm not sure if it's timeshares on the moon per se or actually like selling them houses on the moon to go and live Real up estate. there. Real mm, estate. Got to get in quick for when we eventually move up, you yes. know. <laughs> I mean, it's cheaper if you get it now. Uh, I actually did hear about this. Uh, I didn't know that's what it was called, but I heard about a TV show with this, this premise and it must be this one. So it's a, interesting. It's a really... Um, like Apple TV Plus, it doesn't have a lot of like it doesn't have the depth of content that you'll find on your Netflix or your Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the stuff they're putting out there is is really good. Like you know the um, the um, the shrinking that was recently on, uh, that was you know a great show. Uh, it's got uh, um, Ted Lasso, which is which is really good. Um, it, and then like you know, you get these quirky ones like um, sh- like uh, Hello Tomorrow and Big Ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Big Ticket's the the one where this uh, machine just turns up in a convenience store, and it tells you what your life's potential is, and it throws this city just on its head because everyone's seeing. Are they achieving their potential? Are they not achieving their potential? Like, is that well, they should be doing something completely different? Um, so, there's some really interesting stuff on on Apple TV Plus. I did start watching that uh, TV show, and I think the first episode kind of hooked me a little bit, but I think I only made it through the second episode. Didn't quite progress uh, further than that um, with that particular show. But yeah. it's an interesting premise, and I think there was that kind of that scene with the priest mm. who when you see his and it's kind of ironic in a way because his is father yeah. and he's a priest so does that mean father is in a priest or father in as a father father with children and mm. it was but you see him kind of break down and you go oh I think it might be the the other one uh so yeah interesting but um yeah I always wonder what would happen if you got into something like that and 
yeah, asked it what your potential was. Mm. What would it tell you? True. What and, would it tell you? And the other, uh, the other show that's uh, in its second season now on Apple TV Plus. I spoke a lot last year about Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. The, uh, the the story about this couple who were like having you know issues, mm-hmm. um, and they ended up in this uh, land that was well ended up trapped in this land that was like uh, the happy go lucky musicals of like the forties and fifties, uh, and then they eventually left Schmigadoon in the first season. Spoilers, sorry. Um, and uh, the second season, they, you know, their lives are, you know, back on track, but they're kind of not really happy because of the way that certain things are going. And they think that the way to revitalise their, their lives is to go back to Schmigadoon, but they can't find Schmigadoon but they do stumble upon Schmicago. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, so now in the second season, the uh, the musicals have progressed from those like happy-go-lucky musicals of bygone era to the, uh, you know, 70s and 80s kind of more, you know, Chicago mm-hmm. and um, uh, Sweeney Todd and the, the more dark and evil and sexy kind of uh, musicals. Love it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's on Apple TV uh, now, Apple TV, Apple TV Plus now and it's uh it's we've only seen two episodes um you you do get to see um martin short again very briefly in the first episode that's probably the only time you'll see him in the whole series um but yeah schmigadoon or schmicago as it's now called and how confusing though (laughs) schmicago schmacago i i love it it's got um uh titus Oh, what's his last name? Oh, Burgess? Titus. Yeah, Titus yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in uh, Kimmy Schmidt mm-hmm. and uh, he is in this as the narrator. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, he's brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and then you know, you've got uh, the cast returns from the original Schmigadoon, mm-hmm. but they're playing different characters and they don't recognise the the two main leads. Um, so oh. it's kind of it's interesting. interesting way because that means that they could do – more of these mm-hmm. um, and just like, you know, keep on different areas, up the different and, music, yeah. different times. Um, yeah, that, that's really cool, particularly. And I wonder if they had that intention when they begun the series or if it was just so popular they decided to run with it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very hard to say. But it'd be interesting if they did continue on, like mm-hmm. um, whether they'll get into like the, the less. Um, uh, you know, real reality-based kind of uh, musicals like you know, get into Cats and uh, <laughs> Phantom of the Opera Cats. and uh, <laughs> Wicked and stuff like that. That would be really cool. Mm. I'll have to check it out. Um, we'll take a small break and be back after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. A new film in cinemas now is called A Good Person. I reviewed this last week because I had seen it, but you got to then attend uh, another screening of this, but a more, a more special one. It had a Q&A with director and writer Zach Braff uh, following the screening, so you got to hear a little bit more about the, the filmmaking process and, and bits and pieces uh, as well. So you're going to talk about your thoughts on the film uh, as well. Uh, well... Because I've already seen it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, um, I, I'm keen to hear what you thought about this 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 film. I was um, like, because. I think when I saw the film and when Kat saw the film, mm-hmm. we saw it in a different kind of perspective because Kat has been listening to the Zach Braff, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Ah, what's what's Zach Braff's buddy's name from? Uh, uh, Jade. Oh no, that's on the show. I was going to say JD. That isn't that his name on Scrubs. Uh, that is his name on Scrubs. That, that is uh, that is correct. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the cat's. You know, probably screaming at the. Moment, I can probably find um, that info out if you like. They do a show called Fake Doctors, Real Friends, um, and it's the 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 show actually started during uh, lockdown, um, and so during lockdown. Uh, Donald Faison. Donald Faison. Sorry, Donald. My apologies. I, I was listening to your. I was listening to his podcast this morning, uh, where he was talking about his um, his TV show, and uh, I should have remembered his name, and I, I apologize. Um, so yeah. Uh, so during 
COVID and everything like that, Zach Braff uh, was in a relationship with Florence Pugh mm-hmm. and they were you know, living together in his property and in his guest house, uh, his friend was living there with his uh, with their partner and he got COVID and he died. And uh, as well as that, Zach's lost, lost some other people as well, I think his father and his sister. Mm. And, um, he's dealt with a lot of loss over the last you know decade or so but like really that that loss of his friend uh, over covid was um very difficult for him and it, it was like you know you're, you're stuck at home you so like you're just he's just trying to keep himself going so that's why donald and zach's are doing the podcast so mm-hmm. Even though he's there and he's mourning his friend, he was like, you know, getting himself to the the mic and being funny and entertaining and everything like that. But also, he was writing the script for a, a good person, which is not about like a a friend dying of of, of COVID and that sort of thing. But it does involve people dying and uh, it, it involves um, you know grief and how people deal with grief differently. Um, and it also uh, it deals with addiction and uh, and um, how how people can get you know over uh, addiction and, and and the process of doing that. Um, it's really weird when you think of Zach Braff and you think of Scrubs and mm-hmm. him being a comedic actor and being very funny and stuff like that. But the the movies he's actually written and directed are very uh, you know they're very. Uh, you know, they they deal with the human condition, mm. and there are funny bits to them, but they're they're more drama than comedy. But uh, it was a good person is a amazing movie because it, it kind of does what movies are supposed to do. Like you have your status quo, and it, you know sets up. Um, it sets up uh, Alison, uh, who's Florence Pugh's character, and Nathan, her you know fiance, and they are just happy at the the prime of life. They're going to get married. It's lovey dovey. Everything's fantastic, but then uh, an incident occurs, um, which is just devastating and the next time you see Alison she's kind of moved back in with her mum it's clear that her and uh, Nathan are no longer get together um, she Alison's dealing with a lot of physical and, and mental pain and so she's been um, on oxycodone and is you know kind of dependent on it and addicted to it and so uh, part of that is her getting over her her addiction uh but at the same time you've also got the story of daniel uh who is raising his his granddaughter ryan um and that is the the grandfather and the uh, niece of uh of nathan and so you've got this these stories that are you know running concurrently but then uh daniel's story and allison's story comes together and they're both dealing with with loss in in different kind of ways, and it's really interesting to see the way they interact and the way that they kind of help each other out, um, which is very strange. It's, I know it's, I'm kind of talking around the subjects because it's, I don't want to give away yeah, it's hard particular things there in there. Spoilers, I yeah. suppose, in, in this film. Yeah. But it's a. Uh, as far as like an for me, I, I thought the the acting was really good. Like Fl- Florence is an amazing actor, and like she uh, you know started acting by accident kind of thing, and she like you know went, she went to didn't go to film school or anything like that. She just like got stuck in and started acting, uh, and then Morgan Freeman who is just. <laughs> like if Just if you veteran, had yeah if you had um your actor in in a dictionary Morgan Freeman's picture would be underneath it um <laughs> So it was uh, it's just great seeing these these great actors uh, all playing off each other and just watching the, the the story unfold. But I think um afterwards I listened to uh Fake Doctors Real Friends and listened to the podcast that uh, Florence Pugh was on um talking about making the movie and like you know her and um Zach are no longer together but you can still feel that they've got you know the, that chemistry together. Mm. Um and uh yeah so it was great to hear uh them talking about it uh then uh there was another episode of fact doctors real friends where he got his uh, like psychologist on and his psychologist was very instrumental in helping him get through the writing process and stuff like that so and then to be able to go to this this screening and have 
Zach Braff, Braff come up afterwards and he's doing this virtual Q&A. So there was this dude there who was um, the like the mediator kind mm-hmm. of person or the, uh, the host. Um, I can't remember what he, uh, where he's from, but he's got – he's a very familiar-looking guy, but <laughs> I can't remember uh, who he is. I'm sorry, dude. Um, but uh, Zach, Zach was there and the guy was asking most of the questions. Sure. But there was a little um, QR code in the corner of the screen that you could um, – zap that and then you could ask a question and so he would be taking questions from the audience and asking those as well yeah Uh, and the actual uh it was all lined up so that the movie would be screened in wa at the same time as it's screened in other states in australia nice and then uh so people could be asking their questions from you know anywhere where they'd seen that movie and i thought it was a really you know clever way of, of doing it um so yeah, I, I, if any other filmmaker was doing that, I'd be I'd be bang up for it because it's uh, such a a privilege to be able to watch a film and then have the filmmaker come out afterwards or, mm. or come on a screen afterwards and then uh, answer some questions about you know what it was like writing the film, why they made certain decisions, uh, you know, with in this case like when he was writing the film, he was writing it with Florence in mind. Um, she was his girlfriend at the time, so it was a, a fairly easy get, but. Um, then you had to get like you know, other actors involved as well, like you know, Morgan Freeman. I imagine that must have uh, taken a bit of you know, getting to get him in there. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I thought it was a really, really good film. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, but it's very hard to say when you're dealing with a film that's dealing with you know loss and stuff like that to say it's enjoyable. But it was. I could see it was you know a well-made film and a well-acted film, and uh, it just yeah, I was just. I was impressed. I thought he was he did a very good job of it. Um so yeah, and it was just it's great to be able to like continue the journey to, you know, listen to the podcast and and that sort of thing and just get a you know a deeper understanding of how he did it and why he did it and but it, it, the unfortunate thing is is that films like this don't spend that much time in the actual cinema. Yeah. They're kind of they they're there and then they're gone because you got to get bums and seats in the cinemas, and unfortunately, dramas don't tend to keep those bums and seats for too long. Yeah, I wonder though if Zach Braff has a bit of a following from, um, you know, Garden State. Uh, and you know, last week when I spoke about this film, I completely forgot that he was also um, responsible for a film called uh, "Wish I Was Here," which was a film in two thousand and fourteen. And I actually remember raving about that film. Um, I couldn't even tell you what it. I, I remember it being quite a dark film Uh, and again grief and death played into that heavily so I think he might have a bit of a following so I think people who potentially you know listen to his podcasts like his work will will see this but yeah unfortunately you're right they don't spend a lot of time but I wonder if that Q&A yeah that Q&A type scenario would be would be great to get that for more Mm. films I think technology is such a wonderful thing for that. You know, years and years ago, there was no way we would ever see something like that or have the privilege of speaking to a filmmaker where films are predominantly made in the US. Now we get that experience, which is great. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's great. And I think, you know, maybe last week I was a little bit harsh when I spoke about the film. I, I there were... I think I still kind of feel the... Uh, I think it was an emotional roller coaster mm, of a ride. Mm. I think there was some really funny dialogue. I think I cried in this film. I laughed in this film. So it gave me all the things that I wanted. <laughs> and it has a lot to say, particularly in regards to, you know, um, addiction. And I think that there was so much potential in the film. I think there were just a few moments that felt really contrived that just pulled me out. Mm, mm. That was it. It was never a terrible film. It just, there were moments that I felt could have been left out of this film to make it feel more sincere uh, because some of them felt like that would never happen, but maybe it could. I don't know. So I think I just felt there was a few moments that were really like, oh, but... There you go. Because uh, you mentioned about the um, the voiceover at the start of the mm. film uh, and it, you know, explaining certain things, but the uh, I, I kind of liked it because it was uh, one of the, the themes that runs throughout the film is Daniel's character mm-hmm. and his his train set and this little world that he's he's built 
um, in his basement with his trains. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've, I know people have got their train sets and stuff like that, but um, what he does with his train set uh, is um, is really interesting. Like mm. the because uh, it's it's personal to to him, and the the actual like figures and stuff like that in there is is uh, like a story of his life. And I was like, this that's really cool. Mm. I, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, I think it, it's a challenging film. There's a lot to say and I think uh, maybe for me it was just too much because there's this idea of grief and then addiction and then just all these things and, you know, sometimes I'm kind of – sometimes I go through these phases where I want to see a film that lifts me up whereas I don't necessarily know of that. Mm, mm. I mean, it did kind of towards – there were some real heartfelt moments in this film. It's not a bad film. It just – for me, there were just a few moments that I would have changed in the film but I think the dialogue was exceptional – you know, Florence Pugh has a knack for just being a really witty person. Um, even when she's dealing with yeah. all this stuff, is you know, her character is in this film. Uh, you know, I love the nod to Perth mm-hmm. uh, in yes. the film as well, which is, uh, I don't even know if I mentioned that last week. So, um, but yeah, I think Zach Braff, um, it's clear in his writing based on, you know, seeing this film and Wish I Was Here um, about 10 years ago that there is, his, there's themes throughout. Death is a theme. Grieving is a theme. He seems to personalise a lot of his films, which I do admire and appreciate. Mm. So uh, I think, yeah, uh, for the most part, I, I did enjoy the film. I think it's just a sad film. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, with uh, Florence Pugh in this, her look like the mm. just changed. Like she didn't uh, look the same scene by scene. It was just like just. Uh, Sometimes she looked uh, like a different person. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in the film where she actually you know, cuts her hair. Mm. And from a, a filming point of view, that's really difficult because they film stuff out of sequence. Mm. And so to do that, they had to figure out where they can do it so that they don't need to rely on wigs and stuff like that. Um, and there's an interesting story like listen to the Fake Doctor's Real Friend podcast with her in it and there's an interesting anecdote about like how they got to the idea of her cutting out hair and and that sort of thing. It's um yeah, it's it's just very, very enlightening. But I am gonna give uh, a good person um four tiny railway men. Four tiny railway men. <laughs> Love it. Uh well we will go to another break uh, and we'll be back talking about more after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. I did it again. When I introduced us at the top of the show, I forgot to mention that Rachel was not here, but I'm assuming people would have picked that up by now. Yeah, Um, she's either not here or she's here and being very, very quiet. Or she's here and I forgot to turn her (laughs) mic on. Um, No, she's she's just off for the night, but, um, yeah, we'll hopefully be back next week. I always feel bad when I don't mention that someone's not here because, you know, it's like we forgot about them, but we (laughs) didn't forget you, I promise. We did not forget you. um, oh, I also seen Tetris, which is a film. Oh, did you? I did now. Yeah. Yes. Did I talk about this last week? Um, I don't I can't think remember. So. Shall I, I quickly give us a rundown of the film because it's a quick one and then we can jump into polite society? Why or, not? Uh, so Tetris is uh, a film directed by John S. Bard and written by Noah Pink. And we all know the game Tetris. Uh, but in this film, you've got Taryn Edgerton who takes on the role of a guy called Hank Rogers. Not Hank, Hank, Hank Rogers. Hank. Is it spelled Hank or is it? No, it's spelled H E N K. Right. Okay. Yep. I had to do a double take because I'm like, surely it's meant to be Hank and it's mm. not. Uh, and he's this Dutch video game designer who comes across a version of Tetris at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas in 1988. And Tetris was developed by this um, Russian guy, Alexei um, Pointanov, Patanov, probably saying that wrong. And Hank wants to secure the rights to this game for release, but it's not that easy, obviously. There's a few hoops to jump through. You've got different people around the world from the US uh, to Japan and Britain uh, to the Soviet Union who all want a piece of this game. So it's more about the business deal that unfolds rather than the game itself. And whereas I kind of thought it might be more about the development of 
the game. Mm. So, yeah, you kind of go in thinking that, but it's definitely more the business deal, which becomes quite convoluted to understand at certain points uh, the rights and some people owning the rights to part of it and then all the legality and legal talk that comes into it. So for the most part, I enjoyed it, but that was a little bit tricky to get my head around. And uh, yeah, the real Hank Rogers and Guy who made the game, they reviewed the script and they said much of it was embellished uh, <laughs> and it's it's a Hollywood script movie. So it's a little bit disappointing to hear that even most of it was, um, yeah, <laughs> embellished uh, as well. So it's not about history. Um, it's, yeah, one of those um, f- films that you kind of just go in thinking it's one thing and it, it's not. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind it. It's on Apple TV, so it's not one that you have to go out mm. and see. You can just, you know, throw it on if you want. And we all know that Taron Egerton's a wonderful uh, actor. He did a great uh, job with his role, you know, as Elton John uh, in the 2019 biopic uh, Rocket Man. But, uh, yeah, taking on this role, a bit of a different change. But overall, yeah, not what I expected, unfortunately. Oh, but there might be people out there who love this kind Kind of thing. I think I would have been more interested in the guy who made it, <laughs> how he made it, why he made it, that kind of stuff. Did you did you see Air as well? The, uh, the I did. You did because that seems like the similar kind of thing where it's not about like Michael Jordan. It's about the the deal to get yeah. the shoes to Nike, which I actually love. I yeah. loved the business yeah. deal side of things. It's a bit like Moneyball, with, mm, you know, the mm. film with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. I I loved that the endorsement and and just the sport the the kind of stuff behind it just how influential people in sports can be mm, mm. uh in that aspect so i enjoyed air it just didn't have the same what's the word um the same spirit, I guess. Okay. <laughs> That's a bit cheesy of me to say. There's a particular word I was looking for, but uh, Tetris on Apple TV now if you are interested. I, I, I'm interested to, to, to watch it because, um, yeah, it is interesting because the guy that Taron Egerton's playing isn't the guy who invented it. He's just a guy that's trying to get the rights get to, to it, it. Mm. and to put it onto. Was it to put it onto the N- the Nintendo console or something? Yes, it was. But then that's where it kind of gets tricky because then the whole um, computer game part of it comes in, and there's an arcade version. Mm. So it kind of gets a little bit tricky because he wants yeah the Nintendo version, but it's tied up for potentially being released on a computer. So, yeah, there's all this jargon, like legal jargon that I'm trying to get my head around watching this film. But, yeah, you're right. It is interesting. It's a take from his his side of the story and not so much the guy who created it. But. What, what I want to see is the, uh, the the story of Snake um, and how the guy who uh, yeah, created the, the, the Snake game oh my uh, made, God, the, made yes. the deal with Nokia. <laughs> I love that game. I wish that. I had Nokia, like a Nokia phone, just to play that game. <laughs> you can still get like you can still get like Nokia phones, like the. Uh, Do they have Snake on them though. Like, they surely they it have to. Be. I wish there was one that you could get on um, on your iPhone, but it wouldn't be as fun because the, the fun part about that was actually clicking the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just would not work on an Apple or mm. an Android. Like you have to have the buttons to click. So this is very true. <laughs> Shall we talk about Polite Society? Yeah. This film that you and I seen last night. I almost missed this, but I'm so glad I didn't. I'm so glad I did watch this. I Like for me, uh, like every now and again, a, a film will come out that I just have no idea about it. Uh, it's just like, yeah, I, I think for me, everywhere, ev- everything everywhere all at once uh, was a bit like that last year where I just I was sitting in uh, Luna and the trailer came and I went, oh, my God. <laughs> That looks amazing. But I didn't have that opportunity with Polite Society because the first time I heard about this film mm-hmm. was when I got the invite to come and, and see it. And I was like, oh, um, Polite Society. And then I saw these uh, women on the front in like uh, Indian or Pakistani kind of sari garb type thing. And I was like, is this like a Bollywood film? Um, but I was like, it's it's at, uh, you know, Carousel and like I've got to, you know, whenever they have um, screens at my local theatre, I better, better make sure I'm there um, so that they do more of them. <laughs> and so so I, I uh, responded to it and uh, we, I just, I had no idea what mm. this was about. I didn't know whether it was going to be a Bollywood film. But on the, the poster, it's like they're in some martial arts poses and I was going, it must be some action in this film. 
Um, and so, yeah, we just I went along completely blind. I had no idea what this film was going to be about. Um, but then the, the, the film started and we get introduced to uh, Rhea, um, played by uh, Priya Kansara. And uh, Rhea is an aspiring stunt woman who is going to an, an all-girls school in, in Britain. Um, and so the story is actually about you know, first generation Pakistani uh, girls um, who, you know, their, their mum and dad were you know, born in Pakistan, moved to the UK, had their girls. So the girls are, are British, but at the same time, they've also got that culture of uh, mm. Pakistan as well. Um, uh, uh, Ria's sister, Lena, is played by uh, Ritu Ara, and she is a, a an aspiring artist who is just, you know, found a... A roadblock, like she's just got to a point with her art where she just you know isn't liking anything that she's doing, and then she throws in her her time in art school and has just moved back in with her her mum and dad and her little sister, and is just kind of like not really going anywhere in life at this this point in time, um, and so uh, you know Rhea's just sure that her sister Lena is eventually going to go back to being an artist and she's going to be a, a massive stunt woman and <laughs> everything's going to be fantastic. But you gotta throw a curveball into the into the story and uh, enter um, Mrs. Uh, Nuaz, uh, who is the the mother of a um, a, a young man who is a, a doctor. Is it what well, that was the mother, wasn't it? That uh, the the mother of the, uh, oh, the doctor guy. Yes, I believe so. Yes, yes. Oh, as in the actress yes. who played. I'm having trying to have a look. My um, phone's not loading, so I can't see faces. I can just see names at this point. Uh, but I think she was. She is the mother of the uh, doctor geneticist uh, dude. Doctor geneticist dude. Um, so uh, the the uh, they have a they go to this party. The girls with their, their parents uh, go to this party. Uh, and the doctor is there, and he's kind of at this point in his life where uh, he's wanting to get uh, you know fixed up, and uh, not so much have an arranged marriage, but like you know meet girls that his I guess kind of assisted marriage. I, yeah, I guess assisted. That. Assisted is probably a good word. Assisted marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the. Uh, it just so happens that uh, him and uh, Re, uh, him and Lena hit it off, and um, they you know start courting. Uh, but uh, Rhea's not really happy with this, and she's trying to uh, sabotage their wedding because they're going to get married and move to Singapore. And it's it's a really interesting kind of story because it, it doesn't really end up going the way you think. The, the the film is going um and it's it's very stylized and uh it's got like um these uh because she, she wants to be a stunt woman and so she's off, often training with the martial arts and doing video clips and stuff like that um but there'd be chapter titles and then within chapters there'd be fights and the fight would always be someone versus someone mm. and they were, they were pretty full-on fights as well i mean they weren't like uh, you know doing things by halves yeah, it was quite um, – the violence in there was more than I anticipated. But I think you're right. It's a very kind of genre-bending film. There's a little bit of drama, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of action, uh, even a little bit of thriller, a little bit of science mm, fiction, mm. if you like, thrown into this. I wouldn't say it's, um, you know, Bollywood, but it, it's trying to maybe resemble what a Bollywood film is, but without – being one in a sense in that it's kind of throwing those different genres around people are just breaking out in fights here uh and there the, i mean we obviously don't get any breakout into sing song uh we do get some dancing mm-hmm. uh but i think that's more it's more the action that we get but you know i think it, it almost feels a little bit edgar wright some of this comedy in this film uh but i like you went in not knowing anything about the film other than a brief synopsis about two sisters and seeing the poster of two girls who look pretty kick-ass and uh, going into this film and just being completely gobsmacked with how it goes. And you're right, it, it kind of goes one way but then takes you on another journey in the complete opposite direction than you ever thought. But I think that's what I liked about this film. It, it just, you, there was no predictable narrative here. It, it no. kind of went in 
a strange but oddly satisfying direction, mm. if that makes sense. I, I liked the way it went. I wanted that in this film. I think it would have been boring if it didn't take us down, you know, uh, without, how do we, you know, not spoiling the film. It's one of those films where you've got somebody who's trying to tell their family or her sister that something's not right about this dude and this marriage and the family and nobody believes Mm. her and you as the audience are privy to everything that's happening so you can kind of follow her as she unravels this story but you know something's not right and Mm. you get to kind of go on a journey with this character as she, um, yeah, does what she has to do to save her sister. But I think think it's interesting that uh, she, like... Uh, she's very headstrong mm. and to the point she kind of alienates um, everyone, including her family and her friends. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it is a really well-made film, it really good. And as you said, it's kind of reminiscent of um, Edgar Wright uh, in like some of the, the Cornetto series that he did mm-hmm. um, with um, uh, what do we call it? Um, oh, Nick Frost, Nick Frost and, and, um, and Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Um, and then also uh, Kat was, came out of it and she was going, oh, that really reminded me a little bit of um, oh, Scott, Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. She did say that, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, and so again, Edgar Wright directed that one as well. So uh, yeah, if you do like you know the quirky Edgar Wright kind of filmmaking, then I think you should give this one a crack because it's uh, I I was just blown away by it. I, it just for me, um, it's just one of those films that's come out of left field and is just brilliant. Uh, written and directed by uh, Nina Manzur. So Nida Manzur uh, and, uh, yeah, just fantastic. Uh, I don't know, I was looking at her her, um, her writing uh, credits and um, I haven't really seen any of them. She's got one TV show called We Are Lady Parts. Don't you love when the, and like a new filmmaker, director, writer mm. comes out and their previous work isn't, you know, well known yeah. it's they haven't done what seems to be a lot but then they come out with such a gem and you think this is going to really plant them on the on the mm. scene you know and i think that this was yeah definitely one of those it was such a joy to watch this film i enjoyed every minute of it i loved the way it unfolded uh, i was not disappointed and yeah i loved that um I loved it. And I think it's great to see women in this film as the lead and the forefront of it too. And it was a film that didn't necessarily or have to play too much into the culture of arranged marriages Mm. and it didn't have to sit with the politics of that too much, which sometimes these films can and it goes into, oh, all of that. It kind of bypassed that but just took us on a journey instead and Mm. let people make their own minds up about, you know, assisted or arranged marriage and, and the culture of, you know, Pakistan. Uh, and, and India, etc. So, yeah, I think I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely fantastic film. Uh, just it's out today. Go and see it. It's just fun. It's action-packed. It's just uh, it's good filmmaking. It is I, really I, good I, filmmaking. I was just so pleased and I'm really glad I did go and see this film. Like, I almost didn't go because yeah. I was like, oh, well, I'm not really feeling a film. But, yeah, enjoyed every minute of it. It didn't seem overly long or either that or I was enjoying it too much to even care about the time. Sorry. Absolutely brilliant. So, uh, yeah, uh, look forward to seeing what Nida Manzor does next. Uh, if this uh, is an example of what uh, she's capable of, I'm I'm banging up for the next film that she does. And my apologies, the, actual, the actress who is the... Uh, um, the uh, bad person in the film uh, is uh, N- Nimra Bashar. I feel and, like I've seen her somewhere too. And yeah, she plays Rahe- Rahila. Um, and yeah, her, she's got a very wrong relationship with her son. She does. <laughs> I've just, also seen her in other movies and I feel like I can't remember where from. But. She was in Ms. Marvel. Ah. Because well, she's like Pakistan, uh, Pakistani actress and then yeah. Ms. Marvel's a Pakistani character, so that kind of makes sense. But, yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she has. But, yeah, she was um, she was cool. She was quirky character, really good acting yeah. from her. But, yeah, overall, really, really great film. Uh, well, I'm going to give uh, this uh, five... Um, uh, oh, five... Oh, 
action shots. Action <laughs> shots. <laughs> I really... I'm trying to think too, so you're not the only one. Um, yeah. I'm going to score this uh, also a five, uh, five. Ah, blood noses. Nice. Five blood noses. <laughs> uh, we'll take another small break and be back after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We're back on Script Nights from a small break, but uh, don't fear. We still have time to talk a little bit more about uh, another film you've seen, Lewis, uh, called Ghosted. Yes. Now, uh, this one, it's a, it's a real Apple TV Plus night. It really is. <laughs> We've really plugged them tonight, haven't we? We, we, we have. Um, so, uh, Ghosted uh, is a new film on Apple TV Plus, uh, and it stars uh, Chris Evans as Cole Turner. So, I guess we're used to seeing Chris Evans as uh, you know Captain America um, and being the action hero mm-hmm. and the the guy that's always in charge. Um, in this film, he is um, just a you know guy as a market gardener selling his produce uh, at the you know the the um, the market garden thing, and <laughs> um, just yeah, he's not really like the, uh, the 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 kind of Chris Evans that we're we're used to seeing. Um, been dumped by his girlfriend. Uh, how's that possible? I don't know. Um, and uh, he's just just there doing his thing, and then uh, he gets into a like an argument with uh, this uh, customer called Sadie, played by Anna de Armas, and um, they they kind of like you know have this you know sexual tension going Ooh, on. Sexual tension. So they decide to go on a date, and it's like one of those dates that goes really well and goes through the whole day, and then ends with some uh, very odd sex under a sheet. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, sex scenes is going, this is not how people have sex. They just, you know, uh, they really, <laughs> like, you don't throw a sheet over yourself and, like, you're underneath the sheet and it's, it gets hot under there, people. <laughs> it's just like... And the hair and yeah. the... Yeah, yeah and just, the friction. Just, I don't know. It's not not how, not how things work. It's just but anyway. Uh, that that aside, uh, so the date goes well, mm-hmm. but then he's like texting, going, "Awesome date, let's do it again," and get nothing back, oh, just nothing, nothing. And um, he like just you know texts her and eventually doesn't get anything back. Then uh, for some reason he's like he's an asthmatic, right? <laughs> and he so she had his asthma pump in her bag and so he was like oh it's got my tracky thing on there so i can find out where she is finds out she's in england and then goes to find her in england as kind of like that is maximum I'm sorry what that's maximum creepy chisnick on there so firstly the asthma puffer yeah. has a tracking device on it but then second of all, yes, he follows her over to England. Yeah. Okay, uh, right. So I'm, when, I'm with you. When he gets there, um, he's like you know, uh, you know, tracking her and he gets mistaken for this uh, bad guy called the tax man. Oh, my and, God. And then uh, he gets attacked but then um, Sadie saves him because... Dum dum dum. She's a secret agent. No. <laughs> yes. So can I tell you what? How I thought this film was going to go when you said asthma puffer. I thought it's called Ghosted, right? Yeah. I thought right, he's going to die <laughs> because he hasn't got his asthma puffer, and then he haunts her. But that's clearly. I mean, your the synopsis that it is 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 not as far is far fetched as that anyway. But um, so okay. he because it's ghosted because he was texting her and she, and she wasn't didn't reply. Back to it. I know, but yeah. I thought it was going to be a play on ghosted yeah, yeah, in that yeah. he actually becomes a ghost. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, anyway, not to I, be. I like your movie idea. Just better, when you said asthma puffer, I was like, right, hasn't got it, has her asthma attack, dies, go like, and becomes a ghost and haunts her, yeah. but. Okay, so she's an, some kind of secret agent. Exactly, some kind of secret okay. agent. And so then it's, um, you know, they're on the run. There's a MacGuffin that comes into play. Um, it's a very by-the-books kind of a, you know, action rom-com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the thing that for me that, that just 
did it for me was the amount of cameos and stuff like that in this this film. There's one section where they come really thick and fast, and then you, you get to the end of the film in like the the third the, the the third act, and you're thinking, surely there can't be any more cameos. No, we've got one more. We'll throw that in there. Um, so that was that was really fun. So it's not. It's not a great film. By any stretch of the imagination, this is not a great film. Uh, Chris Evans is charismatic as all heck. Um, I did think that him and uh, Anna de Armas didn't have the kind of chemistry that I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Like, if that had been uh, um, Florence, uh, Florence Pugh or if that had been um, Scarlett Johansson, then I, I think, like, they, they would have played off each other a lot better. Mm. Um but yeah, but for for me, it's like the kind of film that you can you know watch on a, a Sunday afternoon and go, oh my god, let's get that guy, <laughs> that, that, that that person, that person. Actually, most of the cameos are guys. Um, I don't know whether it was just like yeah, it, when you see the people who are cameoing, you'll kind of understand what I'm getting at. Now, the film is written by uh, Rhett Reese, Paul Wenick, and Chris McKenna. Uh, and I don't know if Chris McKenna was involved with Deadpool, but Rhett Reese and Paul Wenick definitely wrote Deadpool 1 and 2 um so yeah it's a uh, it's an okay film so i am going to give this film Three, oh my God, it's that guy. <laughs> Love it. Uh, keeping with Apple TV before we wrap up, I'll quickly uh, share my thoughts on Dead Ringers, which I mentioned was a six-part reimagining of David Cronenberg's 1988 film. Uh, and in this version, Rachel Weiss plays uh, both Elliot and Beverly, uh, a pair of uh, twins, obviously, uh, who are gynecologists and they're at the forefront of researching uh, best practices for reproductive health. And uh, while they are identical twins, their personalities are very, very different. Uh, and they're about to open up this new state-of-the-art facility and art lab. But um art lab, birthing lab and centre. Not good with words tonight. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of, yeah, questions of ethics that come into play with some of their fertility procedures and, and techniques and things like that. And there's also plenty of codependency and, you know, twin antics uh, in play. You've kind of got an evil twin and a good twin. Uh, and it's all really told through the the female perspective, which was very different to the film, which was told through a male perspective. So, yeah, I think um, Vice's performance is twins is is really great i think it's the you know centerpiece of the series particularly uh playing you know obviously she's the same person but she's playing two very different types of personalities Mm. in this Uh, it's also quite a visceral experience it's definitely not for everybody the kind of waves you know in on this idea of capitalism and, you know, class through, you know, the lens of women's issues in that only certain women of, you know, wealth and and status can afford the types of fertility treatment they offer. So if you're into that kind of stuff, um, it is very David Cronenberg. He didn't actually direct or have anything to do. It's developed by a woman called Alice Birch, but it very much feels like, his tone of work mm. it's very science fictiony and and dark in that sense so that is also streaming on uh, apple <laughs> tv so i thought i might as well keep it with apple uh any last thoughts before nope. we wrap up i think we're good that's us we'll be back next week thanks on scriptonites stay tuned for quizzy this podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture <laughs>